Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Hi, everybody. It's another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm laughing because we were talking about what we wanted to talk about. And I'm like, are you sure we didn't talk about this before? And, and so this, I don't, it's never the same thing twice. It's like we want to talk about something that's a concept we talk about a lot, but we call it the four phases of parenting. We call it all kinds of four parent things. roles of teaching, the <laughs> four phases of empowerment. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that tends to be the way with us. And really, it ties into a conversation we've been having for a lot of years about supporting versus enabling. Well, right? and it ties into the independence pyramid. I mean, there's all kinds of things that this kind of ties into. So those of you who have been around a while will recognize some of the language. Some of you who are new to us, go look at the show notes and they always link you to other cool podcasts that connect in and then you can well, you I think the reason them. you think you've, we've done this, Diane, is because we did a, an hour long webinar on this a couple of years ago, which which made it become this huge part of what we do, because all of a sudden we realized we were onto something. So should we get onto it? <laughs> yeah. What the heck are the four phases and what what does it mean and what's it about? Right. So here's what we realized. And so much of what we bring to you comes from, you know, the experience of the world of coaching. And then some, so much of it is about what we've learned from being in the world of coaching parents of complex kids, right? right? And this is one of those that falls into the latter category. And what we began to identify over the years, and I, and I will really credit my brilliant partner, Diane, with this, because she's really great at seeing constructs and putting them into frameworks, was we began to see that parents were, there were kind of four phases that parents were in, in terms of how they were relating to their kids in any way, but particularly in terms of getting stuff done, right? In terms of relating to the kids in relation to the kids' independence. And when we say kids, yeah. you know, we could be talking about a four-year-old, 14, a 40. 24, 34, you know, like any age. And we began to see this pattern, and it took us a few months, years to really find the language around it. But we saw this pattern of a lot of parents getting stuck, and not moving through the phases. And the whole point of fostering independence in kids and empowering them to take ownership of their lives means that we have to change how we're parenting and stop parenting them like they're two. Go. Well, and let me <laughs> let me just talk about independence for just a second as a segue, because I think a lot of times we think about independence as a moment in time. And it's like this sort of, okay, so my kid is not independent, not independent, not independent, not independent. And all of a sudden, yay, they're independent, right? And so it feels like there's two steps to the process. Either they're not independent or they're independent. And so it feels like there's only two things. So if they're not independent, I'm supposed to behave one way. And if they are independent, I get to behave a different way. But 
that's a misnomer because the process of becoming independent is actually a process. It's independence is something that's gradual and learned, involves different skill development, involves different, you know, components. I'm a little bit more independent, a little less independent. I mean, it's a sort of, it's a process and not a moment in time. And what's important about that is that as parents, knowing that we can meet our kids where they are and we can help them become more independent in some areas where they're ready or interested or motivated or fill in the blank. And then we can continue to scaffold or support in other areas until they such time that they are ready. And knowing the difference is that difference. People often ask, how do I know whether I'm supporting or enabling if I'm supporting too much or, and when we're paying attention to these four phases and to that movement towards independence, it takes away that question of, am I overdoing it or underdoing it? Because it makes it clearer. So again, going back to the thing I just said, it's not just two phases, either they're independent or they're not, right? It's just, there's this process. And we talk about four roles. The example I like to give Elaine, because I think most parents can identify it with it, is when kids are learning how to tie their shoes. Mm. And so, you know, it's like when they're first learning, when they first get shoes, we tie them for them. (laughs) Or they bring us the shoes and they say, mommy, put my shoes on, tie them for me, daddy, put my shoes on, right? And then we're helping them to tie their shoes, right? It's just sort of, we're like, hey, let's get out the door, we're tying your shoes. And then at the next point, it's like, they might be tying their shoes, but they need help because they can't quite get it right. And they need us to adjust it and tweak it and that sort of stuff. And then eventually they get to the point where they're just tying their shoes and we don't even notice the fact that they're tying their shoes. Or sometimes we teach them to tie their shoes, but then we realize that they've learned that skill, but doing it takes so much from them that maybe we give them a shoe with Velcro while they're focusing on other skills because they know how to tie their shoe, but we don't need to keep reinforcing that one because there are these other skills that they need to learn and they they may not have the energy to do both. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So here's what we discovered as we've, sort of alluded to, there are four phases in parenting. We all start in phase one, right? That is director mode. That is we're in charge. We've got the agenda. We're trying to help them find motivation to do whatever we're setting the pace. We want them to do. We're setting the pace. We're guiding them through their life. And that is a natural place for us as humans to be with our kids when they're babies and toddlers. We're, We're in the lead. Right. Right. It's if we talk about in terms of agency or agenda, right? We're holding the agenda. We're in the lead. What happens, I think, a lot with complex kids, not just complex kids, I think it happens with a lot of kids, but is sometimes parents get stuck in director mode because they don't know how to let their kids begin to take the lead of their own life because they want to make sure it gets done or done right or done in a certain time. Or the kid's not quite independent. And so they think, again, until the kid, my kid's independent, that gives me authority, responsibility, authority, permission, whatever it is yeah. to be in charge because they're not able to be in charge. And the moment I can do that handoff, then I'm out. Well, and sometimes I think we, we stay in charge because philosophically we were raised in an environment where we believe parents are supposed to be in charge. We're supposed to be the authoritarian figure. Maybe we, our families of origin were like that. So sometimes it's a philosophical concept of I'm supposed to be in charge. I'm the adult here. Well, and what happens is something that I like to call the independence gap. 
right? So at some point, usually between, I don't know, eight or nine and 14 and 15, depending on what you, depending on your kid and the situation you're talking about. As at the onset of puberty, right? Or pre-puberty or whatever it is, right? It's just sort of, there's a gap between our child's interest in being independent and their ability to be independent. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about carte blanche. I mean, we're not, this, this is an important thing here. Let's not just say it's independence on one thing is independence on all things. But exactly in terms not. of like, it may be different in terms of their independence and in getting their homework done or their independence in getting to bed at night or their independence in, in getting their stuff together to go to sports or piano or. Right, right. exactly. But the, there's a gap there and it's like, they think they're more independent or they want to be more independent than they're actually able to be. Or we think they should be more independent than they're actually able to be. And that's where the the rub starts and the conflict starts. And because if we're thinking they're either dependent or they're independent, and we haven't created that space between the two to say, okay, so wait, they're in the process of becoming independent. How do I want to handle that? that What's my role? How do I move that along? We forget about the middle two things. So let's talk about the middle two. Okay. So phase one is director mode. We all know that very well. And heads up, some of you are stuck there. Just flat out. Some of you are stuck there. Some of us go back there when we shouldn't, et cetera. That's just and, being human. Right? And at some age, this just in, kids tend to see that not as director, but maybe dictator. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's phase one. And often we either get stuck there or we may get stuck there because our, we think our kids need it and we're afraid that they can't do it otherwise. And the problem is if we're stuck there, we're not inviting our kids to do it otherwise. So that brings us to stage two or phase two, which we call collaboration. And this is probably where where 90% of parenting happens or the best parenting happens between phases two and three. So let's talk about them kind of together. Phase two is collaboration. Phase three is support. And again, if we're talking about it in terms of agency or ownership or leadership, whose idea is it to do whatever it is we're doing? Who's feeling in charge of it? Phase two is where we're collaborating, where we're starting to really share the agenda. And phase three is when our kid takes on the agenda and we move into support role. It's now their job and we're supporting them and doing their job. And when we say share the agenda, we may be still setting the pace, but we're enrolling them into the agenda. We're getting buy in. We're getting, you know, collaborating is about, you know, beginning to get them to buy into the agenda Either within, there's lots of tools that we talk about in our programs about how to get people to buy, how to get kids to buy into your agenda. But it may be their agenda, or it may be your agenda that you've enrolled them into. And those right. are both places and, to collaborate. And the metaphor that I like to use for this, you, you alluded to it earlier, is is if you've ever been horseback riding. When you're riding a horse, when you first get on a horse, they usually walk you around in a ring and they're holding the reins and you're just sitting on the horse. That's when parents are in director mode. The kid's just sitting on the horse going along for the ride. And then at some point they hand you the reins. So somebody's still walking you around the ring, but now you've got the reins in your hand and you're beginning to to sort of feel what it likes to pull one way, to turn the other way. You're participating in leading that horse. But there's somebody else might be holding the rein with you. (laughs) Exactly. That's phase two. That's phase collaboration. That's that's collaboration. Phase three is when you let go and now they've got the reins. Now you may still be in the rink with them. But now they're the ones, you know, not nudging the horse on saying, let's go turning to the left, turning to the right. They're in the lead of that horse. And your job is to support them and guide them and encourage them in the process. 
And then phase four would be they're out on the trail and you're back, you know. Well, and we haven't said what that's called. So phase four (laughs) is called championing, right? An important distinction, championing and is about being able to be there to celebrate, to troubleshoot, you know, so you're still there. You're still in the background. You're not, you know, you're out of it, but available is I guess what the way I would describe it. And you were talking about parents getting stuck in director mode. And again, it's a sort of, if they think the only choices I have are to direct or to be out of it, you know, the minute there comes some pushback from the kid to say, Hey, mom, leave me alone. I can do this. Or dad, leave me alone. I can do this. You know, they kind of go fine. And they, don't go champion. they go, they go, you know, I'm out of this. Good luck. I hope, you know, good luck with failure or whatever else, you know, I'm going to leave my kid to fail. And they, they get moved to phase four, but it's not really phase four. No, they're not championing. They're actually tapping out, right. Yeah. They're abdicating. And so if you're in that place, and this happens a lot with parents of teens where you've been directing, 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 and they're pushing back and saying, no, I got this. It's appropriate for them to say, no, I want to have this. And what we're inviting you to consider is that the next step is collaboration and support instead of just throwing up your hands. But to do that, you really need to amp up your communication skills and the way you're you're collaborating with them and build the relationship, which we talk about in a lot of other conversations. If you just throw your hands up and say, okay, you do it. You're actually not getting in there and being in the process of cultivating independence. And so you're not setting them up for success. Well, yeah. And what often happens is that, you know, they say, I want to do this. And then we step out completely Mm -hmm. and then they, they stumble or they stagger or they fail. And so and then, then we see that as permission to say, okay, so yep, that means I had to be in charge again. I told you. And then we go right back to director mode. So we really want to focus you on what does it look like to collaborate with your kid, to either share an agenda, to invite them to be part of the agenda. And if you're one of those parents that's saying, yeah, but my kid's not motivated. I say this to new parents in our community a lot. Very often what we'll find is that a kid is not picking up the agenda because the parent is so much in control that the kid doesn't need to bother. Because if you're going to make sure he starts his homework, why should he bother figuring out how to get his homework started? You're going to come in at some point and nag him enough to get it going. And so you've created this perfect system for you to be in director mode and for him to to throw up his hands and not take any ownership. So we really want to look at what does collaboration look like and how do we begin to have conversations together instead of this ping pong of control? Well, and not only the fact, I mean, if, and I, this is my soapbox about parents telling us that their kids aren't motivated. A lot of times it's not about motivation. It's about executive function. And so they may want to do it. They may want to be able to independent, but their ability to, to follow through on even even if they reach agreement, you know, parents say this all the time. My kids said that they would have their homework done by four o'clock. They agreed yeah. to it and then they just didn't do it. They but must not they be motivated. Right. But do they have the skills? Do they have the executive function? All right. of those sorts of things, which I mean, there's all kinds of other podcasts we should point you to right now. Um, we'll go but, back and look at that. Well, and so, so here's what I want to say about that, if I can remember what I was going to say. And that is that if the kid is not, quote, not motivated, that the truth is, it's just that they're not motivated to do exactly what they're committing to or you're asking them to do. They're absolutely motivated to play the video games or they're absolutely motivated to wait for, for you to remind them at a point where they're ready to get activated, that the motivation just may not be what you want it to be. 
And as you said a few minutes ago, E, the, the, there's a pattern that gets created, right? It's just sort of, why should I bother to try to do it myself? Or why should I bother to do it my way? Because mom's going to come in and tell me how to do it in five minutes anyway. Right. So if you hear yourself saying things like, how do I get my kid to, or how do I convince her that, that's usually a sign that you're in director mode and that the next step to look at is to is to move into what would it look like to collaborate? Do we know what your kid's role, it, not role is, interest is, what Interested, your kid's commitment yeah. is? Does, it, does your kid see it as their job or responsibility at all? So that's, to me, that's one of the biggest questions to move from director and collaborator is whose agenda is it, right? It's a sort of, is it your agenda? Is it their agenda, but they know you're in charge? Or is it, you know, are they, are you trying to get them to do something they don't care about? Mm-hmm. Or are you trying to work with them to do something that they really do want to do on some level? Yeah. Because you approach it completely differently. Yeah. Well, whose agenda is it is always a key question. And the other thing I would say is to move from director to collaborator, the key, key strategy is to ask questions. Yeah. To ask is to really get curious and ask questions. What's important to you about this? Like, what's the value to you around this? What have you done before that has been interesting to you that might be interesting here? Like, there are a million questions depending on the topic that you could ask, but to get curious with open ended questions to explore with your kids so that they begin to get curious themselves about what's possible or what's important about it to them. I think we've got another podcast on breadcrumbs. And so, you know, we want to be careful not to overdo questions. We don't want to interrogate them. (laughs) Well, and you want to ask questions that they're ready to answer, right? So it's a sort of, I've I've a couple parents who say, well, I ask them questions. What? Ready to answer or ponder. Can I add that? Yeah. It's not answering it now. It's you want to give them food for thought. Yeah. Well, no, but what I was going to say is parents will say, well, how can I help? And then and the answer they get back is, I don't know. Well, that's an indication that maybe you're asking a question that's a little bit further, more advanced than they're ready for. And so maybe collaboration is more about giving them agency and giving them choice and giving them, you know, a different level of participation. I'm going to go back to a really basic example of like brushing teeth when kids are little. And I remember very distinctly fighting with my three-year-old about brushing her teeth. And, and I finally was like, okay, maybe if I give her some choices, I'm like, do you want to brush your teeth standing up or do you want to brush your teeth sitting down? I want to brush my teeth sitting down. Awesome. Great. You know? And so we stopped the argument by giving her some control and moving into collaborating instead of me saying it's time to brush your teeth. Well, and that's, that's so key to all of this is that When we get into these power dynamics with our kids or we get stuck in director mode, 99% of the time, I would say, you're in a control battle. Mm -hmm. And we need to recognize that when we're playing in a control battle with a kid who feels out of control, because let's be serious, being a kid is being out of control. Yeah. Our job is to begin to give them control little bits and let them practice using it so that they can begin to exercise control in their life so that they can become independent decision makers in their life. And if we control everything, they never get a chance to practice in a safe place. And we want to create a safe environment for them to practice, make it okay for them to make mistakes, to learn from it and feel safe there so that they can begin to exercise some, because what happens is if they feel completely like you're controlling everything, they're going to start seeking control any way they possibly can, everywhere they possibly can. Well, and what's coming up for me as you're saying that 
Elaine is, is, you know, the naysayers are going, but I don't want my kid. I don't want my kid to run the house. I don't want them to be completely in control. I mean, this is not a black and white thing. folks. This is what we're inviting you to is that there absolutely is a place for boundaries and, and parental authority and agreements and rules. If you like that language, I know we, we don't tend to use that language very often, but there's room for that. And Ultimately, they're going to need to be able to make choices and decisions and learn the life skills that it takes to be responsible, independent adults. And it's hard to do that when you're hanging on so tightly until the moment you let go. All right. So here's the metaphor that just came to me. Okay. So if you've ever traveled internationally or traveled domestically and you've gone through security or customs, it's very strict. Right. You got to follow the rules. You got to give them this. You got to show them that you got to make sure you take your shoes off here. You got like you got to follow the process and the procedures. And it's important that our kids learn to do that. But we only do that a very small percentage of our lives. We don't spend all day, every day going through TSA, following every single rule. And so, yes, it's important that they learn to do that. And they're going to, if they go through a school environment, they are going to learn to to deal with some level of bureaucracy. And if we don't give them the chance to, to do something else, they're going to start fighting for it. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that part of what it is then is our lack of control. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. this sort of, you know, it's a sort of a lot of us, I'm going to raise my hand here, like when we get overwhelmed or we get upset or we get anxious or afraid or whatever it is, our coping mechanism is control, right? So if we're trying to control because we're triggered or anxious and overwhelmed and they're clamoring for control, that's where the battle starts, right? And mm-hmm. it's just, I can tell you how many parents are fighting with their nine-year-olds or fighting with their 20-year-olds. And it's like, what's underneath wait, that, right? What's and- really going on here? That's where parent coaching comes in for us. It's like, let's help you do your work to manage your stuff so you can take your stuff out of it and let your kid learn what they have to learn. When we map our stuff onto them, that can create kind of a hot mess. Um, But that's another probably podcast. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) maybe already one. So let's talk about three, phase three. So we talked about director. We talked a little bit about collaboration. Supporter is really about that moment where it becomes our kids' agenda. They really do understand that it's their responsibility. They really want to do it on their own. They get that it's theirs and we're there to support them. And it's up to them to say what support looks like. And I think that that's a lot, another place that it gets kind of sticky. What were you going to say? Great example. I was listening to one of the, our trainers for sanity school was do they do these sample sessions for us before they get certified. And she used a great example. Um, her son came home and had all this homework to do. And, and she said, do you need any help? He said, no, I've got this. And he started going upstairs and she said, well, would it be helpful if I brought you a snack and some, and something to drink? And he said, yeah, mom, that'd be great. And her response was relationship point for her, right? Right. That did a lot to build the relationship. And she stayed engaged in a support role for him instead of, instead of, well, you know, saying to him, she didn't say, I'll bring you a snack. She said, would that be helpful? So that when he said, yeah, that'd be great. He was back in control in the driver's seat. He was asking for it. And a lot of parents complain a lot about my kids won't accept help. We want to invite them to ask for help and support role allows us to do that. Well, and sometimes it's just about, you know, saying something like, give me a job, 
right? Yeah. Or, you know, help me. I want to, I know this is your homework and I know that you want to do well. And it's my job to have what you need to be successful. Give, give me a part of this. Yeah. Give me something yeah. to do to help. And I'm it'll, anything. And, you know, my kids over the years would use me for support in lots of ways. I remember once my kid coming to me and asking me to change a password before exams mm-hmm. and, say, you know, change it back after exams because they needed the structure to not be tempted. Another kid used to use me as a 20 minute accountability during homework. Can you just check on me? And if I'm on task, say great job. And if not, I'll say, thanks, mom, and get back on track. And it worked because the agenda came from from her, not from me. One of my kids, I've got young adults, and one of my kids is, you know, we sit down at her request, we sit down and go over a budget every month. And it's like, how are you doing on your budget? What are you spending your money on? And she wants somebody to help her be accountable for what she's already set as a goal for her. Can you how do she's that spending with my kids too? Sure. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> if they ask me to. <laughs> All right. I think we need to wrap this one up. So we did not talk about the fourth phase about championship much. And that's because most of us, it takes a while to get there. And, I, you know, we've got young adults and, and yes, our kids sometimes need us to be in champion role, which is, hey, you guys are doing great. How you doing? How can I help? But when we're talking here, active parenting, 90% of it happens in collaboration and support. And yeah. that's where we really want you to focus on your conscious parenting. Because even when your kids become adults, at some point, things come up in their life where you're kind of moving back into collaboration and moving back into support role. And that's pretty typical. So director, collaborator, supporter, champion, don't get stuck. If you're feeling like you're stuck, stuck, get help, get help. (laughs) We can help. It's what we do all the time. And um, thanks for listening. Talk to you all soon. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.